Hello and welcome to the Mandalorian Review Show on the Merc with the Movie Blog podcast feed. Every week we review each episode of Disney Plus' The Mandalorian. I'm one of your hosts, Sean, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Wade. How's it going, Wade? Dude, Boba Fett times two, maybe. We'll talk about that later. Kaylin is also here. How's it going, Kaylin? I'm good. I'm doing real good. Awesome. All right, let's jump straight into this episode because, wow. Uh... Today we're covering The Mandalorian Chapter 5, The Gunslinger, written and directed by Dave Filoni. Uh, Kaylin, short impressions on the episode? Um, I thought it was the worst one yet. Mm-hmm. I thought it was super cheesy. Dialogue was terrible. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted it to be over. Okay. Wade? I've watched it three times. All three times were too many times. Uh, like Kalen, it is my least favorite, and I wish I could say objectively the worst, uh, but that's all subjective. Um, dialogue, terrible, and yeah. it. This has actually changed part of my opinion on uh, how I felt about Filoni doing a live-action movie. Yeah, so I also, it's also my least favorite episode of all of them so far. I'm not as sour on it as you guys are. I've seen it twice. The second time I liked it a little bit more than the first time. But actually what I want to talk about as well in our little general discussion section here is the episode length. Because Kaylin, you said that you were ready for it to be over. I actually thought this being a shorter episode was good because I was about ready for it to be over as well. Um, Yeah, yeah, um, this is... I mean, so, so far I have not been upset that the episodes are short because Uh it's nice. It's nice having little short episodes. You know, they're easy to jump into and jump out of. And in my life, if something's an hour, an hour and 10 minutes, that means I'm spending like three hours doing like watching it because the baby screams or whatever, or a dog is crying because they want out. So 30, 33 minutes means I could probably get it done in 40 before Uh anything implodes. (laughs) So... It's it's really been helpful to me. Um but yeah, I, I was ready for it to be over like ten minutes before it was over. <laughs> yeah. So Dave Filoni, I thought the writing in this episode, I agree, was not great. I don't think it's the worst writing we've had in the Star Wars, but also uh it's definitely the worst in this season. It's a it's a marketed difference or a marked difference from when John Favreau has been writing the last couple episodes. Uh, one thing I want to talk about generally, a lot of nostalgia in this episode. Oh God. Yeah. So they were wasted. This was just pure fan service, like, but in the bad way, this was just, uh, I was about to say in the bad, it's like, it's like getting a handy from someone you can't fucking stand. <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry. I, I I really had no intentions of that coming out, but like it just it's exactly how I felt when it came out. I apologize, but that's how it felt to me. So for me, the first time I saw it, I had a much better reaction to the fan service than I did the second time. Uh, when I was watching it the first time at five in the morning, uh, getting ready for work, I like he's approaching the planet. And it's Mosley's the spaceport, and I like almost cheered i was i was so happy and then i kept going and then the pit droids showed up and i was like oh that's okay fine pit droids are kind of cool i guess and then it was the speeder bikes from endor 
and then it was the cantina, and then the guy was sitting in the same seat that Han was sitting in in the cantina. Oh my gosh, that's when I got enraged. That's when the rage filled me, dude. That was such a slap in the face to Han Solo, dude. It was it was terrible. I, it, yeah. He said something. Oh, there were a couple of lines that they said that were just like complete throwbacks, but they just yeah. didn't work. Oh, yeah, this, this, mm, I was cringing the whole time. It felt like an episode of The Clone Wars. Uh, This was complete cartoon on the big screen. It was also filler. (laughs) It was, this is the first time I can, oh my gosh. Because I argued that, I've argued in the other episodes that we haven't had a really truly filler episode yet because something has always happened. Something right. has always progressed in them. Nothing progressed in this episode. No. I mean, because even in the last one, which number four, I liked a lot more than I think a lot of people did. I I loved it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like, yeah, I get it. Like, they showed up there, and then they had to leave, so whatever. But you did learn that people are still tracking them. Yeah. Um, you, We did learn just a little bit about the Mandalorian. And like, we learned that he didn't learn from the Jawas not to leave his ship sitting out in the middle of nowhere. No, he didn't learn that. That's true. No, sorry. He, go ahead. But he did learn, like you know, or we we learned that he does remove his helmet when he's in private and things like that. So I mean, we learned so this one. I don't feel like I learned anything. Um, I don't feel like the characters they introduced had enough. I get that they're short episodes, but they did not yeah. have enough development, and the acting was just subpar. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even care. Like even if they had tried to develop them, I would not have cared. Um, I actually thought the little droids were cute, like how they were the scared of him, yeah. and they would like collapse. <laughs> but they were definitely CG, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, still love Baby Yoda. Fun. Yeah, he's barely in the episode. He really is. Which is fine with me. Which yeah. is fine with me. I, I I would like to see a little bit less of the Mandalorian coddling him and protecting him and see a little bit more of the Mandalorian doing what he does. I don't disagree with that, but it just didn't work this time. Like, right. I feel like if Baby Yoda had been more of this episode, it would have been more entertaining just because the stuff without Baby Yoda wasn't entertaining either. At like, all. You know? Yeah. Uh, the pit droids, yeah, I think I'm just still sour on episode one, like the Phantom Menace. So I just, whenever I see the, <laughs> the, the pit droids, I just think, oh, that goddamn fucking race. Yeah. And, uh, what, is, what, are the, what is the race? It's pod a, racing. Uh, pod racing, pod that's racing. it, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Dave Filoni, I definitely don't feel as good about this episode as I did his first one. I'm not, like, totally against him. Uh... I still have a lot of respect for him as a storyteller in this universe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these are his first times. This is his first time writing and directing a live action thing. This is the first episode was his first time directing a live action thing that somebody else wrote. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm still interested. I hope he still does like an episode next season because we're done with him for this season. Uh, this was I just his don't last want him episode. to write it. He has no bi- – I'm sorry, but he, this specific show, he okay, has no yeah. business writing a complete episode on his own. All right, this, that's fair. It felt so out of place, dude. It didn't even feel like a Mandalorian episode. If he was going to write an episode, it should have been about Baby Yoda. 
True. Because that's what he does. That's the stuff. Like, yeah. the weird stuff in Star Wars. Like, I'd love to see him write for Obi-Wan. Like, that kind of stuff. I'd love to see him write for it. Because the Force and all that stuff, that's where he is at his best. It's just, in this show, I, I think that it, it didn't really uh, it didn't really hit. See, see, the thing that's changed for me is, before this episode, I was all about, like, let Filoni do a live action. You know, mm-hmm. like all about it, dude. Let's see this shit. Well, this was our first glimpse of it. And after seeing last this last ep- episode, chapter, whatever, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I love what he does in animated, and I want yeah. him to continue that, writing, directing, all that stuff. I still would like to see him direct a live-action movie, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I do not want him to write it because yeah. – for me, he can't separate cartoons and live action when he writes. He wrote this live action as if it were a cartoon show. As if and it was that a did combined... not play. I think even more than that, he wrote it as if it was an anthology. Which is what he was used to I... writing with Clone Wars. It's and what I mean he's technically doing with this new season of Clone Wars. Everything kind of takes place on its own. Every episode, you know, Clone Wars, a lot of the time does not go episode to episode storytelling. It's an anthology show. One episode, they're talking about the Battle of Geonosis. The next episode, they're talking about a battle that happened a year earlier. You know, like it, it, he's very used to that. And talking about consistent storytelling over a season, they gotta, they gotta pick it up, man. I, what, what are we doing? We're five episodes in. There's only three episodes left. Yeah, there's no there's no clear path that we're on. All we're doing is, and really, all we're doing is we're running from planet to planet, coddling a baby. And That's it. If I I'm okay with episode four because at least it ends with like because it's still about them trying to hide and and like it's related to the plot. Like they're there because they're trying to hide from the people that are after them. We find out that the people are still after them. You know, there's a whole lot with Baby Yoda, which Baby Yoda is essentially the A plot of the series. So all of that stuff is in there. But this episode, you took Baby Yoda out for most of it. There's no connection from the last episode into this one. We just open up, and we'll talk about it in a, in a second. But we just open up, and we're in the middle of like an action sequence. There's no yeah. connecting tissue between this episode and last episode, and the episode doesn't end in a way that ties it back into the main plot, as far as we're aware. No. Yeah. Nothing, nothing relates to the main plot, really. Yeah, yeah. and and I want to I want to point out a, a missed opportunity. I think real quick um, before we get into any detailed stuff. Okay, so the go- first of all, you hear he's going to Mos Eisley, and that's awesome. Yeah. Then you see that same shot of the city that we yeah. did from New Hope, and that was amazing. Yeah. Okay, so he goes in and. First of all, they had the the amazing uh, visual of the stormtrooper helmets on oh, the Oh, that pikes. was awesome, yeah. That was cool, and that explains a lot as to why there is no Imperial presence there. But I just feel that that was such a cool shot that they could have maybe used it in a different way in a different episode and made mm-hmm. it mean more. But mm-hmm. that's not the missed opportunity. The missed opportunity, I think, which is a deep cut, um, when he goes into the cantina, 
Uh-huh. If he imagine how cool it would have been, and, and don't have to mention him by name. It would have been for folks like me who knew this. But if they would have had Chowman, the owner during New Hope, yeah, standing behind the bar, a Wookie, that would have just been great. Yeah. You don't have to name him, but people yeah. like me would be like, "That's Chowman." One thing I will say about the Cantina Bar, I actually liked how it almost. Just walking in, you almost could feel the difference in the galaxy from A New Hope to now. Because, you know, when you go into A New Hope, the band's playing, everybody's talking, and it's filled with people. And now we're kind of in this limbo period in between the New Republic and the Empire. And when he goes into the bar, there's no band. It's barely anybody in there. It's dead. Except for Poser Boy sitting in Han's Except seat with his Boy. freaking feet kicked up on the table. Just like Han. Oh, man, that made me so mad. But I did like that just the atmosphere of the cantina kind of told you, like, yeah, things are different in the galaxy. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's even though the Empire is gone, things still aren't normal. Uh, mm-hmm. Anybody else have any general discussion stuff? Nope. Nope. Wait. Not me neither. All right, so we're going to take a break real quick to hear about some other Merc with the Movie blog shows, and when we return, we're going to go in-depth. Hello, everybody. Jay Wade. And Kaylin here. To tell you about SEN Afterlife. It's an after-show podcast where we expand on the week of craziness on SEN Live, as well as have guests on to join in the fun. Yep, and we get personal, too. We do movie reviews, and at times we go way off the rails, which I guarantee is always Kaylin's fault. Hey, how rude and not true. So, come join us on the Mark with the Movie Blog feed, and remember to rate, share, and subscribe, and as always, enjoy. Hi everyone, this is Sarah, host of Go Get That Rose podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to talking about all things Bachelor Nation. Join Jay Wade, a man in his 40s who is recently new to all things Bachelor Nation, and myself, someone who has been watching passionately for the past three years, as we review, share our thoughts on each episode of whatever show is currently on TV, whether that is Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. We might not even know everyone's name, but we have fun nonetheless. You can find us on Merkwood and Movie Blog Feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, Schmodown fans, this is Josh the Merc Rayner, and I am here to tell you about my show, Talkin' Schmodown. Whether it's Andrew Guy getting hit with a chair, John Roca screaming, Outlaw! Or the emotional retirement of the Shire Wolves, I talk about it all. So you can catch me right here on Anchor and all the other major podcasting platforms. So, as I ask every episode, are you ready to talk Schmodown? I am. Sarah, and I'd like to tell you about Afterlife. It's a weekly Collider Live after show podcast where Mike, Sean, and I give our takes on Roxy and Dorinda's annex, on Yodi's producing skills, and whatever Cody and Alex are up to in that booth. In addition to having guests, we expand on the crew's discussions and add our own craziness to the mix. You can find the show on Merkwin and Movie Blog Feed on all the podcasting platforms. See you soon! All right, check out those shows. They are great. Uh, Wade and Kaylin are doing an amazing job over at SCN Afterlife, and I'm doing a fantastic job at Afterlife. You know, just it's me. I'm great. I'm amazing. Uh, Look at that horn, man. 
We're going to do some in-depth discussion now, and we're going to start with Kaylin. You picked a scene, the spaceship fight. At the beginning, yeah. Yes. Okay, so they you jump right into the episode. Uh, there's no, like you were saying, there's no connective tissue. We have no idea when we are or where we are, and he's being chased by what I can only assume is a bounty hunter who, you know, is following yeah. him. And it's uh, atrocious dialogue, bad cutting, just overall weird, really weird. And I almost, I, as I was watching it, I thought, okay, this is like some sort of nightmare dream sequence or something that's going on <laughs> and he's going to wake up. Yeah. And then it wasn't. I was like, oh, so that's how we started the episode. Okay. And then something about when they show the guy exploding. Yep. Yep. That looks looks, so bad. Oh. And if you listen, he he keeps yelling through the entire explosion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, I noticed that the second time I watched it and I rewound it, I'm like, is he still alive and yelling as the explosion is trickling into nothing in space? And he was. And I was like, that's a really stupid editing mistake right there. You know what that scene looks like? It looks like they shot it and they did models and then they put CGI over it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the model with the explosion particularly, it looks like there is a model that blows up. And then there are CGI explosions on top and spreading out from that explosion from the model. Because mm. there are flames that look real and then flames that look very not real on the outside. Well, just overall, the whole thing looked really yeah. cheesy. It was it was really, really bad. It, it, it was some of the worst. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was about to say him ripping off that line. Mm-hmm. That, that right there, line. him doing that, it completely erased the fucking awesomeness of of when the Mandalorian used that line. It completely erased it, man. I kind of liked that he was like, that's my line. But it, it's still... That was even worse than the guy using his it line. It didn't... Yeah, it That was like the, I gotta get one of those, when Rocketeer flew by him. Yeah, I actually really like that line. But also, <laughs> it's... The fight ends and the ship powers off. And I had a moment where I was like, we're about to get the best episode of the Mandalorian. It's going to take place entirely in space. He's going to be stuck on this ship with no power. And we're going to get a whole bunch of stuff with him and baby Yoda. Nope. Nope. He just goes over, flips a couple buttons and power comes back. What? What happened? And also, I want to know why they're in a galaxy with so many planets how the hell did he land on Tatooine? Because fan service, Kayla. Yeah. And not just that, and this is something that, you know, is a big issue in Star Wars, that planets seem very, very, very tiny. Almost like yeah. every planet has one little town on it, yep. and yeah. that's the whole planet. But even if he did land on that planet, why did he land at the Mos Eisley Cantina? Because... Or Mos Eisley, you know fan service <laughs> i know yeah. and i hated it i yeah. did like it was the worst kind of fan service yep like you said at the start i did like that they at least somebody referred to mas espa which is yes. uh anakin where anakin is from so that was cool 
That would have been cool. If you're going to go somewhere familiar on that planet, that would have been much cooler. Yeah. Much cooler. And that would have, that could have, you could have tied in the prequels into that in a really subtle way that no one, no one ever would have thought that it was weird or shoe, shoe horned in. Or go to Anchorhead. We've never seen Anchorhead in life, in a movie before. Or, you know, like we've, we know it exists. Anchorhead, we know it's a place. Never been there. I, there are places we could have gone on Tatooine where it, it didn't have to be Mos Eisley, and that bugged me a little bit. Like, I was excited, and actually it's starting to bug me, were you guys talking about it, because it didn't bug me as much before. But now that I'm thinking about it, you could have gone anywhere else on that planet. You could have created a new town. You could have gone to Anchorhead. Hell, you could have gone to Jabba's Palace. We're only there for a little I bit. I was wanting you that, know? dude. I was wanting that so bad, like, for somehow for them, when they got on the speeder bikes, I wanted them to be going to Jabba's Palace, and, like, someone new had taken it over, or maybe a group of people had taken it over uh-huh. and were just refugees there or something, but I at least wanted to see it in the background, yeah. if you're going to be that close. For a show that, like The Mandalorian, I think Jabba's Palace probably would have been a better pick, too. It's more underworld. It's more yeah, yeah. stuff like yeah. that. Uh, you guys have anything else about this scene? Uh, no. All right, let's move on to Wade's pick. Wade, you picked that like that night charge on the speeders. Yes. Um, and the reason I picked this one was because it was the only good thing from the entire <laughs> episode. Um, and I mean. Okay, now, I saw Return of the Jedi in the theater when I was Mm -hmm. a kid. And before I had seen it in the theater, I had also seen New Hope and Empire many times, all right? So, dude, Return of the Jedi, those speeder bikes, ever since then and up to this day, I am still obsessed with those things. I love them. I've always wanted a chopper, a motorcycle chopper that looked just like that speeder bike. And so when I loved the speeder bikes, that was, that was like the only saving grace for me. But yeah, that night scene when they're racing across there and then they do like the, uh, uh, the, what it's thermal, the thermal vision, the, the, uh, agent May's view. Yeah. Um, that was so awesome, dude. And the flash, uh, the flash, uh, grenades or whatever the hell they're called. The flares, uh, yeah. that was amazing. It was just so damn good, that charge toward her. Yeah. Oh, it was so good, man. And, I mean, it was cool the way it was, but also in my head, I was thinking, I was thinking, like, imagine, like, a cavalry of these speeder bikes. In that scene, imagine there would have been, like, 20 of them. In that scene, the way it was shot, and they're all charging. Well, you're not going to get a speeder charge, but you are going to get a cavalry charge in the Rise of Skywalker. So you have that to look yes. forward to, Wade. Somehow uh, horses can <laughs> run on spaceships when they're in outer space. It's going to be amazing to find out how. I don't think they're in outer space, but uh, I think they're still flying up from. Give it land. to me, dude. Come on. Just give it to me. Uh, I liked that night attack of speeders. It was cool. It, it was cool. I like the flares. The flares, I think, were probably the best part about it. Uh, Kaylin, what'd you think of this scene? It was good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, it, it is hard, it's this. hard to get enthusiastic about anything from this episode, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, by well, this point, I'm, I was just like, meh. I'm about so. to get very enthusiastic. Um, okay. Rolling from this scene into the fight scene between uh, with Agent May, she took off her helmet. 
I know we already saw it in like with the bounty puck that it was Agent May took off the helmet. I I almost cheered. She is the not the best part of Agents of Shield, but probably like the second best part of Agents of Shield. And I was so happy to see her in this episode. Um, the fight scene itself was fine. I I more enjoyed her like turning that that poser dude and like messing with his head. Uh, right. right. I hope that she's not dead. Uh, <laughs> but I I very much enjoyed that bit. I just enjoyed seeing Ming Na Wen uh, doing doing fights. I hope that she's not dead and she'll come back. Agents of Shield ends this year. She's had a really good working relationship with Disney, so maybe she goes from an MCU show to a Star Wars show. Yeah, that could be cool. Uh, what What do you guys think about this scene? Did anybody else enjoy it as much as I did? I mean, it was pretty good. Um, but I don't think she's dead only because usually when someone's dead, they make a point to let you know they're dead. Mm-hmm. And they did <clears throat> not make a point to let us know she was dead. Like, she sort of just slumped over, but I don't know yeah. that we, like, I don't know. It was still if, questionable. If she lives, then they're going to have to really explain how, because, I mean, that was point-blank range with a blaster to the gut. Well, maybe he had it set to... to... No, no. When stun shots happen, they're, like, circular. Hmm. He 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 was going for the kill, and yeah. you could. And it was weird. One, you could see he was going for the kill, but when you could see that, was really a weird shot. Like when he, right when he drew, and he in the the flash from the blaster went, his eyes and face looked really weird to me in that split second. Yeah, he looked weird. But I mean, but at this, it looked weird. But at the same time, it looked like. It looked like he was just in that moment, like, I'm doing this. His eyes got big, like, I'm doing this. Boom. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it just, yeah. the visual of it looked weird. Not yeah. what he did. But. I can't argue with that. Uh, yeah, I, I was very excited to see Agent May. I hope she comes back. Speaking of her maybe coming back, let's talk about the last scene that I picked out to talk about. Because I picked two scenes. Because, Wade, you know we have to talk about this. Dude, Yes. Yes, I, I mean, I, yeah. I'm about to hate the words that I'm about to say to you, Wade. All right. <laughs> I still don't think that it's true, but this is the closest I've ever gotten to thinking that maybe it's true. <sighs> is is Boba Fett in this in this show? In this show, as like like was that Boba Fett? Is that what you're asking? Was that or Boba are you Fett? asking like will he end up being a part of the show? Was that Boba Fett? Absolutely, yes, it was. Without doubt, it had to be. As soon as I saw the cape, dude, I was yeah. like, it has to be Boba. Kaylin, what do you think? I don't know what you're talking about. The scene at the very end where the person walks up to Agent May's body. Oh! oh I realized I... that, like, the speculation is that that's Boba Fett. Oh, oh. Um... I don't know. I didn't really speculate about who I thought it was. Yep. The, Boba Fett has to be, dude. The same walking sound. Yeah, and, that little jingling. Yeah. And, uh, and, oh man, how could it not be? It has to be, dude. It just seems so obvious that uh, I, I think, I don't know if it's real. 
Because, like, in my head, I thought, okay, maybe Giancarlo Esposito, but he's playing an Imperial Muff, so why would he be out in the middle of the desert? Maybe Grief Karga, but Grief Karga didn't dress like that. So, I can't think of anybody but Boba Fett. Maybe it's just another Mandalorian. Dude, uh, they no, there's no way they can do that. It's, and, and especially not on Tatooine. Yeah, they can't just be like, know. you know, the, the Mandalorians have been purged, and we saw in this one planet where there's a small dwelling of them underground. Yeah. That's been exposed. But somehow on Tatooine, there's this whole other different Mandalorian that we've never seen yet or heard of. Well, I, I was just thinking find that hard more, to believe. I was thinking more maybe they followed him from... Uh, I doubt that too. I don't think Navarro. Isn't that that? what she named? They named the planet Navarro this episode, right? Isn't that what Agent May said? I think so. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just, Hmm. it has to be Boba, dude. It has to be. And you know, even if they never show us who that was, I'm fine with that because in my mind, that is Boba Fett, and that's confirmation that he lives. There's no way they don't show us who that was. Uh, well, I know, but I'm just yeah. saying, for me personally, I don't yeah. need anything else. That I'm happy with that. This is the closest I've ever been to thinking possibly Boba Fett is alive. Kalen, if that is Boba Fett, right? Mm-hmm. if that's him, does he show up this season? Or does he show up next season? Mm-hmm. Does he show up at all? Um. I'm getting less and less confident that they have a of a ending clear end point for this season. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that we're going to tie up every loose end this season, which is fine. You shouldn't yeah. tie up every loose end because yeah. then you have nowhere to start for season two. So I don't know. We only have three episodes left. I know. Like, and they have introduced and walked away from so many characters yep. and moments at this point that there's no way we return to all of them and give them a significant and meaningful callback um, yeah. in the next three episodes. So I don't know. That may be that may be something for next season. Mm-hmm. Um. I just want to know where we're going. I don't even know what, like, what's his goal? What are we trying yeah. to get baby Yoda somewhere safe? And we've already established that that doesn't exist. I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and as far as the characters thing, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you, Kaylin. If, if they bring them back and I think they, the, as far as who this is, whether or not it's Boba Fett, but I, like I said, I believe it is, it'd be, it'll be next season. Because I mean, we still have uh, we still have uh, the Chicken Man from Breaking Bad that we haven't met yet. Yes. We've still got Bill Burr. Yes. Um, we still got the 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 uh, the lady that's with him. I can't remember her character Cardin. name or actress. Um, uh, yes, the character. Yeah. So it just I mean, we've still got characters that we know are going to be in this season that we haven't met yet. Well, we met Cara Dune last episode. Well, no, then that's not who I'm talking. I'm bad with names. The other one with the the alien species that's in the clips with Bill Burr when they're walking away. Oh, the turns and looks over her shoulder and Bill Burr's with her. The Twi'lek? Yeah, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm bad with names and species and shit. dude. I don't know. They're just, I mean, dude, I call James Vanderbeek Dawson's Creek. You know, what do you want from me? That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) But yeah, we haven't met those three 
yet. And those are the, those are the only three that I can recall that uh, we've been introduced to that we haven't met yet. But I mean, that three is a lot for only three episodes, three episodes. left. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it, they aren't going to show that character until they maybe show a tease or let us know that who it is, whether or not it's Boba, like at the very end of the last episode of this season. But other than that, we're not going to get anything full on about that character until next season. I don't think here is what I'm going to predict. All right. Uh, I obviously this probably won't happen. I predict these last three episodes, uh, as, as the Mandalorian takes people out, we see this, this mysterious figure like behind him collecting these people almost. Uh, and then the last episode, Maybe he's with like Grief Carger or something, and he's talking about um you know I'm I'm putting together a group of bounty hunters and stuff, people that have uh, crossed paths with the Mandalorian, and then they show us it's Boba Fett. That would be cool. Mm. Like we net we don't see who it is, we just see his feet when he's like putting together a crew pretty much for these last two episodes, and then at the end of the last episode, he's like he's talking to the he's talking to Apollo Creed, and he's like I'm putting together a crew, and the camera pans up, and boom, Boba Fett. Uh, that's what I think is going to happen. Uh, I kind of wish it wasn't Boba Fett, but they better do something cool with him. If Boba Fett's coming back, he's got to be, they've got to, they've got to do something cool with him. And they've also got to acknowledge that, uh, the Mandalorians don't think shit of him. Like they have to, they have to acknowledge that the Mandalorians don't think shit of him, but also then make him kick the shit out of some Mandalorians. Because Boba Fett's got a fucking big hill to climb with me. Because I think he's the lamest character in Star Wars. Well, he's the lamest character in Star Wars because they made him that way. Yeah, by making which, his dad a poser and all that. That the was the stupidest trilogy. thing, man. In the original tri- trilogy, he goes out like a bitch. I know. It's, Boba it's Fett, terrible, Boba dude. It's dude, not, yeah. okay, real quick, man. Real quick. D- dude, the prequel trilogy completely screwed over all the villains, dude. Maul, yeah. he should have been the villain throughout the entire episode one and half of episode two. At the beginning of episode two, they introduced Django the same way they did, is fine, trying to assassinate Pom- uh, Padme, okay? Mm-hmm. Then we get to see Maul and Django do some work together, and then Maul ends up dying in that big battle at the end. Django goes on and lives, and Django goes out in, in, in Revenge of the Sith. They totally fucking screwed those villains up, dude. That's I wouldn't how have I even put Django about. in there. What's, what's I, that? I, I, sorry, I wouldn't have even put Django in there. Oh, because no, Django is necessary to explain where the clones came from, and it's I, awesome that they that they did that. They just ended up screwing his character up and making him a weak sissy boy. But did the clones have to be Boba no, Fett's father? They didn't. They didn't. That's no. the kind of that's the kind of fan service type stuff. Like in this episode, that bothers me. No, that was the original story, though. Was that that Django that. That okay, it was it was not canon at the time, but when when they introduced Django and Django being the the ones that they cloned, at the time the Legends version was that Django was in fact Mandalorian. He was taken in by the Mandalorians, I guess, like a foundling, yeah. like our Mandalorian yeah. now is, and that 
um, that the, uh, Count Dooku put out a bounty on uh, on a jet or on a rogue Sith or whatever, and that and that whoever was the one that could catch this badass rogue Sith and bring them in or kill them was the one that they were going to clone for the troopers. And that's how that's how they got Django was the one that they cloned the troopers after. But then when they ended up making him a little bitch, then it screwed all of that up. It's not they even have held that legends and made it canon. It's not even really that that bothers me. It's like Boba Fett's dad is the fucking genetic material for the biggest army in the gal. Like. I, if it had been See, another Fett, made it that, the legends in the canon, that would have made but sense. It's still, it doesn't matter if he's a badass. It's still, it's still too, too like why convenient. him? Yeah, why does yeah. it have to be somebody of all who's directly the baddest, related? Ass bounty hunters that Dooku hired, he was the one that that won. But why, but why couldn't the the one who won have been somebody who wasn't directly related to both? It doesn't like it doesn't bother me that it's Jango Fett, the Mandalorian that is cloned. It bothers me that it's Jango Fett, the Mandalorian who also is Boba Fett's dad. Like, because he wanted an unaltered clone to be his yeah, actual but that's, son. But that's just so that you can be like, Oh look, Boba Fett. Remember Boba Fett? And it's like, okay, we don't, we don't, like we didn't that. need that. Still, also- dude, it still makes sense with as, as, as far, as far, I'll, I'll give you what you're saying, but as far as, uh, the look of the clone army, it does make sense. And even the stormtroopers, they didn't look like Mandalorians, but there were some resemblances in helmets and stuff. I mean, yeah. it, it makes sense because the clone army was basically Mandalorian, I mean, definitely Mandalorian helmets. That's But for you, sure. you don't introduce the clone troopers until you've introduced Jango Fett. So, like, well, when you we introduce did, those I mean, things well, we together... Didn't. He, we learned about both at the same time. We did yeah. see Django Fett before we saw, found out about yeah, the yeah. clones, but we didn't learn about him. But we did learn about both at the same time, and I'm fine with that, especially since we saw Django before we found out about the clones. That's not what this podcast is about. Uh I know, I know, <laughs> no, but no, it is fine. all you kind of tied love... in as far as it Mandalorians is. and Boba Fett and stuff. So, and you know that I love talking about this stuff. I just, I know, I know, drag this stuff yeah. on for too long. And we're gonna in here soon. You're gonna be trying to convince me that the Last Jedi was good. Yeah, so you guys wait till that show comes out. I don't know why the hell I'm doing this. Uh, okay, uh, I felt really positive about it, and then you watched the movie again. You just shit all over it in chat, and I was like, oh, good. Here we go. This is gonna be fun. Uh, so we're going to do social plugs now. You can find this show and others on the Merc with the Movie blog feed, which can be located on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Public, Breaker, and Overcast. You can also follow Merc with the Movie blog on Twitter at MovieBlogMerc. Kaylin, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at KaylinRose715. That's K-A-L-Y-N-R-O-S-E 715. Oh my god, that was so fast. Holy shit. Wait. I know, she did that last <laughs> night too. I was like, dude, i got to step up my game. So here we go. <laughs> Okay, y'all can find me at the Twitter at jwade1134. That is the letter J-W-A-D-E-1134. Uh, Kaylin and I also do an after show for SEN Live called SEN After Live, also on this feed. Also with Sarah, who is host of After Live, she and I do a weekly Bachelor podcast called Go Get That Rose. And there you go. Yeah. 
You guys can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore AFK on this feed. I'm also on after live with Sarah and Mike. Apparently I'm also going to be trying to convince Jay Wade that the last Jedi is a good movie. So, you know, look out for that. And I also, goes at it. you'll have, you'll have, have one goes. chance before I see episode nine. And then after I watch episode nine, I will watch last Jedi again, just to see if it changed my views. So you'll have a couple goes at it. Good luck. Wait, if Rise of Skywalker goes the way that I think it is, that episode's just going to be you and me talking about how The Last Jedi is a terrible movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, maybe I'll have to convince, maybe I'll do The Devil's Advocate and I'll convince you that it's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and you guys can also, I do a podcast with my fellow Afterlife co-host, Mike Mixtape. We talk about every episode of Power Rangers from Power Rangers Dino Thunder. That's at Go Into The Grid on Twitter. And wait, I hear you're going to be on an episode next week. Uh, yes, I, I've got nothing. I was asked. I've got nothing going on that night, and I've never seen a single episode of Power Rangers, and that excites me. I'm looking forward to it. I just want to clarify that I was not consulted before you were asked. So, uh... <laughs> I am sorry to you. No, no, I'm so excited. I'm so excited, and that'll be coming out in a couple of weeks. So. Guys, thank you again for listening. Don't forget, at MovieBlogMark on Twitter, you can find this show and so many others. Uh, and uh, we have spoken. <laughs>